Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome back to Talking Phillies Sports with Matty B. I am your host, Matt Bernarczyk. It is Thursday, April the 7th, 2022. All right, indeedy, and welcome back to another episode of the pod, the first one in two months. Wow. That's right, the first one since February the 10th. I've been busy. <laughs> I have been busy, and this is the last time I came on and talked to you was uh, on the heels of the Ben Simmons-James Harden trade, and a lot has happened since then, both in basketball and in football and in hockey and in baseball and in what am I missing? Football, basketball, baseball. I think I got all four of them. Uh, but a lot's happened. And I have been negligent on this platform. Uh, if you are in jonesing or if you're missing me, uh, never fear. I am available on the edgeofphillysports.com. That's right. My show is now a live show format. It's been that way for a while. You can catch me every Tuesday evening at 830 on EOP, or you can catch me on EOP, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, the actual website. So please check us out. Uh, EOP is a really good thing. Um, there's a lot, a lot of great stuff going on on that network, a lot of great people involved, and they got me. So, but it's great to be back here on this show, on my first OG show. This is the show that started it all and this is actually also happens to be my season three um premiere episode so welcome to season three wow uh, we are coming up fast on the uh two-year anniversary of me launching this show uh, if you guys remember it was launched on april 18th 2020 and here i am coming up and uh about to celebrate our two-year anniversary here on the pod and celebrating, as I said, the beginning of season number three. So all the stuff that we did in the first two seasons, all the great stuff and all the great stuff that it led to me, like what it led to for me, um, can't even, I, there's no, I, I don't even have words. I don't, I have no words to, uh, you know, kind of like make known how I feel. It's just, it's, it, it, it to see where I came from and to see where I'm at now in just two years, remarkable. Obviously, I couldn't have done it without a lot of people and support from people that listen, support from people out there that are fans of mine, that enjoy what I do, enjoy what I say. So keep it coming, folks. Uh, it was a great two seasons, and let's let's hope for a great season number three. Now, as mentioned, I haven't spoken to you, and I know that I uh, was negligent, and I will do my very, 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 very best that starting now uh, to come at you with more of a regularity on this platform, on this show, on, on the OG Talking Philly Sports with Matty B, the podcast. Uh, we are moving into the start of the baseball season. Actually, as I sit here and talk to you on this very rainy Thursday, we're about maybe an hour away from the start of the 2022 Major League Baseball season. And I believe the last time we spoke, we were, you know, not sure when – when or if there was going to be a 2022 MLB season. As we know, they, you know, the owners and the association, they came together, the millionaires and the billionaires figured it out. 
came together on a deal. Uh, they had an abbreviated spring training. I believe it was 17 or 18 spring training games. And today, um, the majority of the baseball teams out there are going to start their season. Now, the Phillies, of course, will not begin play until tomorrow, April the 8th, as they will start a three-game series at home, the home opener, season opener, against the Oakland Athletics. Uh, the pitching matchups for the, or I should say the, the Phillies' rotational matchups for this weekend series, I believe, is Glavin. I say Glavin. Good God. Nola, Gibson, and Eflin, I want to say, are going to be the three that are going to be going for the Phillies this weekend. As what has been an interesting Phillies offseason, to say the least, right? Uh, once the, the lockout ended, we all know it was a mad dash for these uh, teams and these owners and these players that were still free agents to kind of find homes. And, you know, the question whether, you know, the questions around the Phillies still kind of that we ended last season with were obviously still there at the beginning of this season. We didn't have two thirds of an outfield. We were missing some key contribute contributors in the infield. And, you know, the pitching rotation was, you know, was what it was. So the Phillies went out and signed Odugo Herrera uh, as one of the, their first signings after the lockout ended. And that sent shockwaves around the city. And I, I agree. I don't know what the hell Odugo Herrera signing would be. Why that, you know, if we can't find a center fielder out there uh, better than a Hudugo Herrera in five levels of our own minor leagues, then God, man, we, we got some problems. We got some problems. But then the Phillies righted the ship, I guess. And, and you know, John Middleton and Dave Dombrowski, they shocked the Major League Baseball world by not only finding and signing Kyle Schwarber, but also signing John Castellonius and creating now what is looking like one of the more, if not the most formidable offense in all of Major League Baseball. And, of course, starting tomorrow, the Phillies will have the opportunity to prove that. But John Middleton, who has been accused of not wanting to spend or not wanting to win, I think it's not wanting to win by not spending. You know, I think it's false. I think it's false as hell because – if you look at who the Phillies have brought here since, say, 2019, it's just off the charts. You're talking Harper, Ramuto, uh, Segura, Gregorius, Wheeler. I mean, Schwarber and Castellanos. I mean, the list goes on and on of, of, of some of the, these high-end Major League Baseball talent. The problem with John Middleton and the Phillies is not their commitment to spend, in my opinion. It is their commitment to win, and winning and spending are two different things. We, we saw what the New York Yankees did in the, in the 90s, right? They would go out and they would buy themselves championship teams. But at the end of the day, you can't sustain that. You you build champions or you, you build winners through drafting and player development. It's something that the Phillies have not done well for at least the last 10 years. And the products that we have in our minor leagues. Now, it's funny that, you know, that has been a narrative that a lot of people, to you know, include myself, have been really beating on like a drum about the lack of talent in our minor league systems, but then the events that occurred down in Clearwater this, this spring might contradict that, but first things first, the lack of player development and the lack of talent that was cultivated from the draft and then developed, you know, leads you to have to go out there and go over luxury tax and spend the money on these players to bring them in. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. You, you want to go and win, you got to win, but you cannot sustain life that way. I don't think you can but on the other hand, as I was about to say, the contradictory to that is that 
that what happened in Clearwater, which was amazing that heading into the spring training, the, the obviously issues were in the outfield. We had no center fielder, no left fielder. There was issues at third base with Alec Bohm. There's issues at shortstop with Didi. There's, you know, th- those were the hotbed topics heading into Clearwater. And now as we come out of Clearwater, here's what we're projecting looking at. Mickey Moniak is, is your projected opening day starter in center field for the Phillies. That the much maligned Mickey Mo- Mickey Moniak, the kid who number one overall pick in 2016 was about to enter his what 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, about to enter his seventh season in the Phillies minor league system. Uh, I think it was eight home runs he hit in the spring. Basically slugged his way into the starting lineup or slugged his way onto the Phillies opening day roster. A good news story. Whether or not this is the whether or not Mickey has the staying power for, you know, 162 games and an impact player, obviously that begins tomorrow. We get to, we, we, we begin to see that. But to see that that he just that he made the team initially, I mean, that's pretty cool. I gotta give it to him. Third base. Now the much maligned Alec Bohm, who had, you know, his defensive struggles. God, they were bad. And then he stopped hitting. And then he got sent to the minors, and then he came back, and then there was this big thing about the end of the season with Dave Dombrowski saying, you know, we're committed to Alec Baum. He's going to go off and have a great offseason, and he's going to go to the Arizona – well, no, they, he stopped short by saying he was going to go to the Arizona Fall League because there's some, you know, vaccine things and, you know, vac status and all that, whatever. But then the lockout happened, so Alec Baum wasn't doing anything. Alec Baum reports to camp and struggles. I mean, I think – I thought he struggled. He batted around 150. Uh, defensively, he was okay. I don't. He, he wasn't really challenged that much. Alec Bohm um, made this team. Now I don't know if the if the um, addition of Alec Bohm or the reason why Alec Bohm made this team was based on performance. I don't. I, I can't believe it was. It might have been based on the whole service time thing. Might have been based on the fact that there just isn't anything else there. But Alec Bohm was going to be on this team, but he's not necessarily going to be your starting third baseman. No, Bryson Stout, the kid who was supposed to come in and challenge Didi for shortstop is now going to be your third baseman for another. And then there was some indications that he was a good news story coming into the spring and that he was going to get his opportunity. But at the end of the day, he was going to end up going back down the triple a. So they wouldn't mess up his service time. But then he, he pushed the Phillies hand and, Made the team. So an amazing turn of events. Now, all of this is kind of secondary, right? All the good news stories in spring training. It's great to see these kids have the op- have a good spring, have the opportunity, get up with the big club. But now, now that you know, now it's real. You know, now it's it's a situation where pitchers are out there trying to win instead of trying to work on their split seams, bass finger, curveball, slider, knuckleball. You know, they don't they're not looking to do that anymore. Now they're looking to win. Now you're facing major league baseball pitching talent. You're not facing some kid who's uh, got to invite, you know, never pitched anything higher than high A and he got to invite the, ma- the major camp. You're not facing that anymore. Now you're facing pitchers, major league pitchers who want to go out and win because now they got to go out and make a living. So now we're going to see, we're going to see what's, what the Bryson Stotts and the uh, Mickey Moniacs and the Matt Verling, Ver- 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 Matt Verling's, of the, of, of the Phillies have. But we're also going to see what the Kyle Schwarbers and the Castellonius of the Phillies have. 
it is going to be a hell of a season. There's going to be a lot of balls being launched out of South Philly this summer. There's going to be a lot of 10-9, 9-8 type games uh, happening for the Phillies this summer. Whether or not they have a bullpen or the starting rotation to be better than their opponents remains to be seen. But now with the advent of the or the adoption of the DH in the National League as part of the new CBA agreement, take some of the pressure off of Joe, uh, you know, to, to, to make some late season adjustments with double switches with pitchers and all that. Takes a lot of pressure off Joe Girardi. Maybe brings him back into his wheelhouse of his days as a Yankee manager when he didn't have to worry about the pitcher batting. I don't know. All this remains to be seen, but tomorrow – at the bank, the Phillies will kick off the 2022 season against the Athletics, thus bringing into full focus the 2022 baseball season. As I said, of course, begins in about an hour Eastern Standard Time here as I sit here and talk to you. Now let's move on to some hockey, and it's going to be really down and dirty because there's nothing much really to say that I have not said over and over and over and over about the Philadelphia Flyers. Possibly, if not, the worst season I've ever seen, with maybe the exception of the 06 07. You know, we're going to have plenty of time to sit down and cut up why it is the way it is or what has happened. And there's theories out there, and I've been very vocal about those theories. Of course, Claude Giroux is no longer a flyer since the last time we spoke. Of course, he was moved in a trade deadline deal with the Florida Panthers, bringing back um, Tippett, a young player uh, who's Played pretty well. I mean, he's a young kid, Owen Tippett. But now he's a flyer and Claude Giroux is no longer. And this, I guess, is the first step in remaking what this team should be remade. This thing needs to be blown up. Now, whether or not Chuck Fletcher has the stones this summer to blow it up, move some of these underperforming, never will be players here in Philadelphia, I don't know. But there's going to be options. There's going to be things that need to be done. There's going to be some hard decisions and some hard players to say you know what thank you but we got to move on from you and whether or not chuck fletcher has that we'll see but when you're talking for when you're talking about a hockey team that has gone 25 for 198 on the power play to date so far this season and that has gone basically 17 for 132 on the power play since they fired av and michelle terrion who were, who were essentially i guess at that time the problem of the power play, which I don't see how that's changed. And for a head coach that's gone 14, 27, and 7 in 48 games and also has won two road games in the entire calendar year of 2022, I'm not really seeing many other options other than blowing this damn thing up because there's nothing in that. There's nothing to chomp on there's nothing to bite on and say you know what i can kind of see what's going on and they're building towards the right way no there's nothing absolutely there so dropping a grenade in the middle of the locker room and saying you know what we're going to start over is in order it is the order of the day for the philadelphia flyers and it can be done whether or not chuck fletcher has the stones whether or not he has the ability to swing Players for prospects or players for cap relief or players for players remains to be seen. Johnny Hockey, Johnny Goudreau is going to be a free agent this summer. He is a local product from South Jersey, grew up in the Flyers youth hockey system, <clears throat> will be available. And I don't know Johnny personally, 
but I would probably hedge the bet that he's kind of had it with living in Alberta and maybe a return home would be in order for him. I don't know. But Chuck Fletcher, you, you might have some leverage there. and You, you really need to work it, right? Uh, some players that have been long-time flyers, you know, you really can't get more long-time than Claude Drew, and they, they sent him out. But some of his buddies need to follow suit. Um, Ivan Provorov has disappeared. His ability has disappeared. Now it's time to make him disappear. So let's get rid of him. Travis Konechny, let's get rid of him. Oscar Limbaum, let's get I mean, there's there's a list of people here that I would love to, and I will have the opportunity later on because I'm back to doing this show now regularly too. I, I, I took my two-month off. I'm back. There's a list of players that need to be dealt with, and the Flyers need to have the stones to do it. So as we move in, the Flyers have 12 games left. 12 games left. God damn, this thing won't end in this nightmare of a season. Once we get to the end, let things sort out. Let the season, the NHL season come to an end, and let's kind of get this thing back back rolling in the right direction. The Philadelphia 76ers, speaking of rolling in the right direction or not, depending on what side of the coin you come out on, Again, the last time we spoke was on the heels, literally, of the Ben Simmons-James Harden super trade that brought James Harden here to Philadelphia and sent Ben Simmons to New Jersey, New York, the Brooklyn Nets. Wow. Man, it's a rough day. Since this trade has gone down, which is about two months ago, Ben Simmons has played a grand total of zero games for the Nets. He's dealing with injuries, back spasms, herniated discs, uh, the mental issues, whatever. I, he just hasn't played. James Harden has. James Harden has played quite a bit. James Harden has been that difference maker. But what is has a kind of occurred here with the Sixers as we wind this thing down? The Sixers got like two or three games left. Playoffs start like a week. What's plaguing the Sixers right now seems to be some issues with the bench, which of course are not, not a secret. That is something that was known, something that was expected, something that was feared. Uh, issues with the bench but now it seems issues more of a glare the, the bigger issue or the more glaring issues right now or with the head coach glenn rivers it, it just seems like game after game he's making these really interesting um decisions late in games typically that are really just kind of making you want to scratch your head a little bit and as joel and bead wraps up to, wraps up what should be an mvp season and we get ready for this playoff push. It's funny that two months ago, when this Harden thing happened, it was it was finals or bust. Now it's like, well, let's just see how good we can do. Maybe get beyond the second round because that would be considered successful. Load up in the summer, potentially fire the coach, go ahead and reconstruct the bench, go ahead and try to get rid of Tobias Harris, and let's kind of go all in next season. And hopefully James Harden takes a takes a lower deal or a new type of deal that gives Daryl Morey a little bit more um, cap room, wiggle room type thing to do to go out and maybe make some other decisions or moves. Um, and let's go all in next season because let's face let another thing. James Harden has not re up for next year. You know that, right? He never did that. No, he hasn't done it yet. He has not signed his player option for the 22-23 season. He has not. Not as of, not as of yet. So more to follow on that. 
everyone seems to think James Harden is this, you know, stand up kind of guy who doesn't, who puts the team first. I, you know, that's something I haven't seen from James Harden over the last couple of years, seeing that he's on his third team in a season. So let's keep an eye on that. But that seems to be the kind of the, um, side that we're on right now is that, oh, uh, maybe we're not a championship team right now. Maybe we're still a team in progress, but you know what? We have a window yet. We we still got about a two or three year window with James Harden to try to, to push ourselves into that championship stratosphere. So it's funny how much two months can change things. So as Sixers get ready to wrap up their regular season and gear up for the playoffs, which, and we don't even know what seed they're going to be in. Currently they're the fourth in the East. Uh, they could go as high, I believe as one and potentially low as seven. So things are kind of working their way out in the in the NBA, and uh, as the as the Sixers kind of get their uh, their act together towards the end of the season, more to follow on Sixer playoffs as we move forward into the actual playoffs, and then that of course will lead me into the Philadelphia Eagles, who have been the most uh, perplexing of all your Philadelphia sports teams since the last time we spoke. And of course, since the last time we spoke, it was nothing going on. The Eagles were in a complete. As as were as the entire NFL coming off the Super Bowl, or actually, I think at the time we didn't even have a Super Bowl champion. No, I don't think we did. Wow, that's right. So, so the last time we spoke, we didn't have a Super Bowl champion. Well, we do now. The Los Angeles Rams defeated the Cincinnati Bengals. If 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 I am your only source of sports news and information, I'm here to let you know that the Rams beat the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So the Rams are the Super Bowl champions. And if you, I am your only source of sports and sports knowledge and news and information, thank you. And I apologize for taking two months off, and I'll get right back at this, and I won't have that happen again. But since we spoke, uh, the Eagles have been somewhat active in free agency. You know, they came into free agency with some cap room, all right? They came into free agency with an alleged plan. Their incompetent general manager, Howie Roseman, who, by the way, received a three-year contract extension for what I don't know, had a plan allegedly. Now, since we've begun free agency, which began in mid-March, the six uh, Eagles have signed Hassan Reddick, who is a Temple product, played for the Carolina Panthers. He is now going to join our defensive unit. They've also signed Kazir White, who was a linebacker with the Los Angeles Chargers. Kind of flew under the radar a little bit out there. A decent pickup, I think. They cut Fletcher Cox, but then re-signed him to a one-year contract, a little bit more cost-friendly deal. And they picked up Zach Pascal off the free agent pile from the Indianapolis Colts and have themselves what they have. Wow. Not what you expected from a team that started the season with about 27 or 30 million under the cap. Not, not what was expected by a lot of Philadelphia Eagle fans when this team you know, got to the end and we kind of realized what they were, what they needed. No one really expected what this was or what this was going to be from this incompetent, inept, criminally negligent general manager. But then he goes out this week and he drops a bomb in the National Football League and does this super draft pick trade with the New Orleans Saints. And in this trade, the Eagles send the 16th and 19th pick of this year's draft. And, of course, they had three first-round picks. They had the 15th, 16th, and 19th now. So they took the 16th and 19th, sent it to the New Orleans Saints in return for 
the number in the Saints eight the Saints first round pick this year, which is the number eighteen. So now they had the fifteenth and eighteenth pick. The number uh, the Saints uh, third round pick at one hundred and one. The Saints seventh round pick at two thirty seven. The Saints first round pick in the two thousand twenty three NFL draft and the Saints second round pick in the two thousand twenty four draft. Also, we sent the Saints our sixth round draft pick for this year at uh, the one ninety fourth. So an outstanding trade ahead of the draft that Howie executed with the New Orleans Saints that's kind of taken some of the heat off of his inability or his non-movement through free agency. A lot of lot of things have been talked about. A lot of things have come up that players don't want to come here, that there's certain issues that are surrounding this football team that they don't want to be part of. Uh, we had the big quarterback, the big three quarterback thing, the Aaron Rodgers, the Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson situation. Well, we all know that worked out. Russell Wilson was traded to the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers signed a mega deal with the, the stay in Green Bay. And Deshaun Watson, in the midst of all his off-the-field drama, decided that he didn't want to play for any cold-weather teams, but, but because the, the Cleveland Browns offered him pretty much a gazillion dollars guaranteed, decided to sign with the, with the Cleveland uh, Browns. So none of the quarterbacks that we were allegedly targeting came here. None of the top-end free agents that we were allegedly targeting came here. Why? Is it money? Is it culture? Is it the level of talent that already exists on the Philadelphia Eagles, or is it potentially the Eagles' current uh, quarterback, Jalen Hurts? A lot of these questions have kind of uh, begun to come into focus this offseason for Howie. And they are alarming. They are very alarming. Is there an agenda? Is there a plan? I guess. And I guess maybe the, the trade, that mega trade that I just mentioned or went over with the Saints was, was the plan. And we are about two weeks away or three weeks away from the draft. And more potentially, maybe more, more to follow there. But a very lackluster free agency period for the Philadelphia Eagles. Not many positions or many um, needs were met by Howie. They weren't. And we did acquire a lot of capital. We've acquired a lot of assets. But as I've been very public about saying, acquiring the assets and then selecting the right players are two different friggin' things. And we are once again entrusting our future to this criminal, Howie Roseman. So as we gear, as we gear down or gear up, whatever you want to say, to the 2022 NFL draft, can Howie be trusted? It's going to make for some great radio, some great TV, some great podcasting. It's going to be making for some great entertainment. And I am glad I'm back here to, to give you that great entertainment. Folks, listen to me. I think I did a bit of a rapid fire with the big four. And I think that I kind of got everybody back on track. That's going to do it for me. Uh, I've come to the end of my time. Once again, I apologize for taking a two-month break from the OG podcast. I won't do that again. I am back. I am back. I am back. But remember, if you're looking to catch me, check me out on the Edge of Philly Sports uh, Network. A lot of great stuff going on over there with me and not only just me, but with everybody else. I will be back very soon, okay? Until then, you guys take care.